everybody. Welcome to another episode. I'm Chris, joined by Justin today, and we're going to be talking about one of our favorite, definitely one of our favorite comedies of all time, and in my opinion, probably one of the funniest movies ever made, and that's super bad. And this is going to kick off our back-to-school month, and Justin, this came out, they just had 15, uh, the 15-year anniversary, or they're about to, I think. Because when did this come out? This, I, I remember this pretty regularly because it's the year I graduated high school. It came out in 2007. And then before we started, I, I wanted to like find the exact date. It was like August 17th, 2007. So it's like really re- like right removed from my senior year. Yeah, so, so next it's like the year will, time for me to watch Next it. year will be 15 years. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, that's when you feel old a little bit. It's not, it's not when like uh, they have, you know – Space Jam, like from the '90s, or like you know some movie from the '90s that you know when you were a kid and you watched it. When you were kind of an adult, or at least like in high school, and you watched it, and then it's a 15 year anniversary. That's when you start feeling like, oh man. Yeah, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Um, so first, we'll just kind of start off. Um, we both saw this in theaters when it came out, at least once, maybe twice, and. Unlike most comedies from, not most, but a lot of comedies for me, I have to see them a second and third time before I really kind of appreciate them. And I kind of really like pick up on all of the nuances and stuff. The first time I saw this, I immediately knew how great it was. And that doesn't happen very often. Like a lot of the Will Ferrell movies, it takes me a little bit. You know, it takes me a couple of viewings to really uh, settle in on how good they are. Did you kind of feel that way? Yeah, I mean, and you always know when a movie kind of sticks out to you because you can still remember, like, going at, like, you can remember kind of the day. And I still remember going and seeing this at our local theater. And it was like a matinee. We used to go, anytime during the summer, we used to go to, like, matinees. Um, a small part of me wishes I would have would have gotten to see it, like, with a packed crowd, like, on the opening night just to see, because comedies are always better with the groups, kind of like horror movies. Um but even during the day, I mean, we probably, it was probably like 50% filled up and it was just, it felt full because of how much we were laughing. We would miss jokes because of how much we were laughing. And like I said, it did come out right when I had graduated. So it was probably the perfect time for me to watch it because the movie is about graduating, kind of moving on with your life. What are you going to do after high school? So, I, you know, um, I, it's definitely one of the more like, accessible comedies. Cause like you said, with Will Ferrell, like some of those, like it depends on your taste super bad. I'd be confident, like recommending it to just about anybody. And I think they dig it. Yeah. You know, some of the, some of the jokes are a little vulgar. So like, you know, if you're depending on your parents, you might not um, want to do that. But I, I definitely get what you're saying is like, if you're, as far as like R rated comedies, if, if you're recommending that to someone, I, if people don't think this movie's funny, then I just, I really don't know what to tell them. I, I you know, I can't really understand that. Um, a few things uh, that we'll cover. One of them is, um, do you think this is an accurate portrayal of high school and one, kind of more importantly, high school kids? Yeah, I mean, de- definitely. I mean, I think that each movie has its... Um you can definitely know, like, it, it really depends on the point of view, like who the writer was, who the director, like 
you know, it's not going to be exactly like it, but I will say the um, the day to day stuff, uh, the scenes where they were like showing them in the classroom, whether it be in like home ec or like shop or, um, you know, uh, you know, countless other, you know, the lunchroom and stuff. I did feel as if it did a really good job of like giving you a day in the life of like their high school life. So um, and I do think that they talked kind of like a kid would talk. I mean, especially, especially that kind of, kind of kid, that kind of senior, it was like, you know, not everybody would be talking like that, but those guys, you know, that that's all you're going to be talking about is like sex and all this different stuff. And so, uh, I personally think it, it really, it, it didn't feel like an adult was writing the dialogue. It really felt like fresh at the time. I don't know if it still does. I've, I mean, I think it, it does to me, but I don't know if like a kid, a high school kid that watched it today, you know, I'm sure they would probably feel the same, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it I think it does a really good job of making you kind of understand what high school kids, like especially high school boys at that age, like what's going through their head. I'm not saying everybody does it to the extreme that these guys do it, but it's a it's a pretty good portrayal of kind of what your mindset is, you know, like especially when um like just kind of the contrast between seth and evan and how like seth is just the whole time he's just thinking about how to get with with jules the whole like that's all he's thinking about and whatever it takes to do that that's what he's gonna do you know and then every obstacle that they come across it upsets him because it's it's something you know getting in the way of that and he you, you know like and when you're young, and I mean, I've seen, you know, even this goes even to college too. Like, when you're in that mentality, man, like that's all that that's all that really matters, you know. Is like you're you're trying to figure stuff out. You're gonna get arguments with your friend, you know. And then I think they have a really good like mix of Seth kind of being the um, kind of the horn dog of the of the of the two, and then Evan is more like. You know, if it happens, it happens, but and I feel like every group kind of, they have that kind of dynamic, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, I think the cool thing about it is, is like when you're watching the movie, it's kind of, you know, it's like a lot of these movies from, uh, you know, from like the 80s, a lot of the 80s high school movies, and I'm not counting John Hughes movies, but like kind of the raunchy comedies, the rated R comedies. It was always about yeah. hooking up and the sex, and that's the only thing it was about. Mm -hmm. And those movies are still funny and still kind of hold a place and kind of good like time capsule. But with this one, you know, and I think this is the strength of like Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, and they, you know, the whole app, the whole Apatow kind of way that movies were made during this time frame was like it started off being about that, and then it slowly evolved into like it was more about a a friendship and not wanting to grow apart and trying to keep that high school life and that high school thing together as long as you possibly could without facing the fact that like you're you're getting older you're growing up you're about to go your separate ways so i kind of liked how it, it it was a little bit deeper than just like oh he's just wanting to hook up it's more of like it's other things as well and i think that's the big strength of it that's why i don't think it runs out of gas i think it's one of the rare comedies that um that gets better as it goes along well, like it gets funnier it gets deeper yeah it's just as good in that first 10 minutes as it is in the last 10 you know and, and i just want to add real quick i just want to add real quick before because i'm going to forget 
I do think this is why, and you were kind of mentioning it with like, does it portray high school well, all this stuff. I do think personally that a day in the life type plot for high school movies work probably better than if it's going over the course of like months or weeks or whatever. And the reason I say that is because you really do get to just, the thing I like about it is movies that kind of transport me back to that time and like i kind of remember like hanging out with my friends i do like how it's like a day in the life it's like that whole day stuff happens during that day you know it's not like over the span of months or weeks or whatever so i really like that aspect of well it. let's be honest high school is very it's it, i mean it's kind of like when when you get older and you have your career it's it's very repetitious you know like you go to the you might not go to the exact same classes every day but you're kind of doing the same stuff. Like you're going to math and then you're going to this and then you have lunch and then you go, you know, and then you play sports or whatever. So it, I feel like they almost, it benefits them to kind of do that because they can focus in on one, you know, like a big party at the end of the year, you know, a lot of movies do that or, you know, the prom or something like that. You know, I, I do agree that I do feel it's easier to kind of focus in on one specific moment in that uh, high school career and then kind of doing like a year long thing or even, you know, a month or whatever. Yeah. And if you break down the plot to like its simplest thing, like just a tagline, it's basically like two friends trying to get alcohol for a party. Yeah. And that's just really good writing is because it's like a super simple, just that's what the movie's about. And then, like you said earlier, it's like obstacles happen, you know? And, um, it's kind of like that writing trope where it's like intention and obstacle, you know, it's like the intention is to get alcohol for the party. And then the whole movie, you know, it's a great way they introduce, you know, we'll get into this here in a minute, but just incredible side characters out of all the movie, this part has some of the best side characters of any movie, you know, in comedy history. I mean, it's just got every character isn't just there for a quick gag. They're actually like drawn out, really solid characters. Yeah, I agree. Like, Every character that has, even some of the characters that don't really have a speaking part in this movie are, like, great. You know, like, when they go to the, um, like, when they go to the party and they have all those guys that are wanting Michael Sarah to sing to them, like, that whole scene is, is fantastic. And it's so, you know, that that's one of the things that I took most out of rewatching it is the house party scenes because it seems like, um, I mean, that, that is how a house party normally goes. Like maybe not some of the extreme stuff, but you just have these random people that you have no clue who they are and they just show up and then something will happen and there's a fight or it almost always ends and the cops being called or some kind of dilemma and I felt that they they just did a great job of keeping the momentum. Like they would have like like they have these little lulls, you know, as far as like some of the scenes aren't as funny as other ones. But there's never like a fifteen, twenty minute gap where there's just nothing. You know, and then it ramps back up. Like it's just it's just constant. The whole movie's just does a very good job of pacing and making sure that like even when it's not funny, you're still invested in what's going on, you know? But yeah, it's got some of yeah. the best, um, some of the best side care. I mean, Bill Hader and Seth Rogen as the cops are just, 
But that's what I that's what that's the thing I really liked is like when they're on screen and them and McLovin are doing their thing, it's almost like a completely different movie. It's not a you know, it's it's not that the tone is way different, but it's like you could watch a whole movie with just them. And so I really liked the fact that they had it's, you know, what they were they were confident enough to have the two main protagonists like off the screen. And I think that was one of the strengths is like switching gears to like the cops and McLovin. And like you talked about, a lot of that was some of the some of the fun, like, you know, scenes where they're in the cop car and stuff and like all that. And, you know, comparing it to another like just one day in the life high school movie, you know, it's like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The as as good as that movie is, the the characters that are introduced throughout that movie are kind of boring to me. You know, like the person he meets at the restaurant, that real, you know, snobby guy. And so there's not like a whole lot of like Ferris is like the coolest person on every scene. And like he's in every scene with this. It's like they let the other characters have way more than just a quick line or something. Even the, um, you know, even when McLovin is going to get the beers and it's that janitor or not the janitor, but the guy who's cleaning up after him after he spills all those beers in the convenience store. Just one line, I mean, just a couple of seconds of dialogue, but it's so funny because every character that's introduced has got, is living their own story, you know, and he's just trying to get through the day to get to the party, which you later find out he's at, you know, but it's little things like that, that make it so much better each time you're watching it. Well, and you know, just some of these people like Dave Franco has one scene in it and he's on camera for 15 seconds. But that, but that little scene is so funny, you know, where he's sitting there and he's taking this uh, PE soccer game, like, you know, like it's the World Cup, and Seth and Evan are just like, dude, just, you know, go go piss your pants again, you know? And, yeah. And just because, and at the time, like, when you're watching that, you're like, you're like, man, would somebody really, but dude, I still remember kids in my school I'll never forget, there was this kid in my school that uh, when we were probably in like third or fourth grade, there was a rumor that he would, that he spit in someone's milk. So for the rest of the time that he went to that school, no one wanted to sit by that kid because we were afraid he was going to spit in your milk. And I'm not even sure it yeah. was true. I think someone set him up. Right. Yeah. But then you got, uh, I always have to look this guy's name up because um, I, I can't really pronounce it, but Joe... Low Trigilo. He was in um Oh yeah. He was in uh Reno for a while. Dude, that yeah. guy is so funny, man. I think he is so yeah. underrated, man, is like a just everything he's in, he, he's just great. And um and this that's probably the line and we'll get to the best quotes and scenes, but that's probably one of the ones we quote the most is hey, I'm a nice guy. You know, because it's yeah. like this dude who He's already told you that he's got a warrant out and, you know, just seems sketchy from the get go. But he, hey, but he told you he's a nice guy. So, you know, take that into account. But, um, well, and I think that's the strength of like the movie is like that's why it just continues to pick up steam and and continues to improve is because, you know, I'd love to see if like Adventures in Babysitting was like a, like a, you know, kind of an inspiration because that's another movie that like, it's one day, it's one night, like they go to do something simple, all these obstacles happen. Every character that gets introduced in Adventures in Babysitting, you know, if you haven't seen that, it's a great 80s flick with Elizabeth Shue, but 
every character that's introduced into that has is already in his own world and he's doing his own thing it's not just there for a quick line Mm -hmm. every character has like this it's almost like a whole backstory and that's what i love about this too is like you said the guys at the party like there's history there there's like a something happens he's like i told you never to come back and you're kind of just like loving how you're almost wanting to know more about like man what happened like why is this guy so angry yeah. like, um, i don't think they ever really go stuff into like it. that no and that's what's great about it is it's it's it, it's and i think that that's because seth rogan you know i don't know this for a fact but like you know they come from like the freaks and geeks ensemble of like ensemble comedy mm-hmm. you know and improv is very like ensemble based and um i i love how this movie and a lot of movies in this time period like really focused on the ensemble aspect of like everybody gets their time to shine everybody gets some good lines and but it never it never becomes that thing which happens in a lot of will uh, will ferrell movies as much as i love those where it's almost like it's just almost it's almost like all right man let's wrap it up it's just too much improv like uh, like this one kind of just doesn't overstay its welcome with the improv yeah and um it's just one of those things where, like, e- like, you know, like we talked about, even the people that have very limited, they, they make the most of their side characters. And it doesn't make you, by the end of the movie, tired of seeing Seth and Evan. Because they'll, they'll alternate between these little, you know, segments where they'll have, like, oh, this little story's going on over here. Okay, let's go back to our main guys. All right, what are they doing? Okay, let's go to this. And it's just, it it keeps it going. There's never a, a time where you're sitting there like, God, dude, when when is the next, like, moment going to happen, you know? Because um, I was sitting there, and, you know, a lot of times when you've seen a movie 10, 15 times, there's, there's parts, especially in comedies, where you'll kind of skip. You know, because you're like, oh, okay, here's this part that's not that great. Let's let's go to that. Like in Superbad, there's really not a time to do that. There's always something. You know, even um, one of my. Let's just go ahead and get into some of our favorite uh, quotes and scenes because I feel like that's kind of where this is heading. So, one of my favorite scenes, and I know it's one of yours, is when Seth goes in there to get the alcohol and he sees that security guard, and he just says, "Oh, Piggy can run." Like. That that to yeah. me is so funny because one, it's not like Seth is this uh, epitome of health, you know, and fitness. So the fact that he's called this other dude a piggy and you know making it sound like he can just outrun this dude is is funny in itself. But then the way that they turn it to be to just go completely over the top, and then you find out it's all in his head is just it's yeah. so good because. You're already kind of thinking like, okay, this isn't going to work out the way that he wants, but they take it to that like tenth, eleventh level, and it's just complete. The first time you see it, it it's just so shocking that it's it's so funny. Yeah, and that's what's really good about it. And there's other scenes like that. Like I said, the uh, the a scene that I think you know, and again, there's there's so many of them, and I, I think that's the strength of this movie is it's like, it goes, like, there's not an empty scene. There's not, like, a wasted scene. There's not, like, any scene in that movie where I could be like, yeah, th- this movie could have probably done without that scene. Um, and that's rare, you know? Um, and, but, you know, one of mine, you you kind of alluded to it earlier. It's just when uh when they think that Michael Sarah or Evan is um is that guy's brother. <laughs> The reason I love that so much is because it's like, 
it's just a, it's just one of those situations where you ask yourself like god man like I, you you're wondering in the movie it's like how long is he gonna like play off that he's this dude's brother like is he gonna like what's he gonna do and then when he starts sitting like it's like the perfect song the perfect i mean sarah and this like he doesn't get as many of the like one-liners i guess you could say in the script he kind of has to play the uh the straight character to like evan's kind of more boisterous character but he's absolutely essential to the success of the movie because he's so good like this is michael Sarah at his absolute best and just the way he kind of did that one scene is like just so good Well, it's funny too because the whole time they're just talking about how great and how beautiful this dude's voice is and then michael Sarah starts singing yeah. and it's not it's not terrible but it's not you know and then these dudes are just like you know just really into it and, and what's great about it is he you can tell that he's getting more and more like worried that they're going to find out that he's a fraud, you know, like, so his voice will start like cracking and stuff. Um, but yeah, just that. And, and that's just one of those things where you can tell. And, and I went back and I looked at, you know, stories and stuff from the movie and this, you know, when they were talking about it and stuff. And Seth Rogen said that most of the stuff that happens in the movie happened to them in real life like even the the uh, the blood brothers thing he said that that happened in, to a friend of theirs you know he said they didn't notice it until they got home but it happened and um there was just so many like i really enjoyed going back and looking at at movies that i i know were funny and just kind of seeing what they thought at the time you know if they thought and all of them were like we thought it would be big but we didn't realize how like those guys lives changed overnight like Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah became almost household names overnight yeah and I think that you know when the movie came out I mean we were excited to see it it wasn't like one of these things where it's like oh this little you know little known comedy you know blah 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 like you were excited to see it the people that were attached to it were like small characters had like you know I don't want to say small roles but like you know not leading roles in other movies but you liked them like you've seen michael Sarah and some other stuff you've seen jonah hill as a you know 40 year old virgin jonah hill he's on the screen for about 20 seconds and he's brilliant in that you know you're and and you so like you said you knew just by the trailer and just by the tv spots and all that stuff that was gonna be really good or really funny and then it really i think it really surprised people with how good it was like how you know how it kind of talked about a lot of different things with like you know friendship and that's what i'm saying when you know being being straight out of graduating high school and seeing the movie it was really relatable to like man trying to figure out like you know one of the friends really knows what he's going to do the other friend has no clue what he's going to do and it's a it's kind of an exciting but also kind of terrifying time because you're kind of wondering what's next because like you said earlier in the episode it, it it becomes very routine and now you're going to have to do something a little bit out of your routine and stuff. And so I like how they explored that towards the end of the movie, but they didn't get weighed down with it. You know, they didn't like it didn't all of a sudden change to like a drama. It, they were able to be funny, but also talk about some really cool, like, you know, some really deep stuff. And um, and I'd be I'd feel terrible if I didn't mention like this is kind of was Emma Stone's springboard, too, you know. And yeah, and I remember when they were talking about the. uh the casting is like a lot of them. They were like, yeah, you know, it took a while. They said as soon as she walked in, they're like, that, yeah, she's Jules. That's easy. Yeah. Like they said, it was probably the easiest casting they made. And uh, even a character like that who, you know, cause this is kind of more of like a, 
you know, a, a guy's movie in terms of like it focuses on the guy's characters. But she really does a good job of turning a role that's kind of could have been, you know, you could have kind of cast anybody in that role and it would have been okay. But she really kind of made it her own and has some really good parts in it too. And and she wasn't so out of the realm of like, yeah. yeah, I liked how her attitude, like her personality really made it believable of like, all right, you know, she probably wouldn't go for Jonah Hill in this movie. But at the same time, it's like, her personality's kind of like I don't know how to describe it, but it, I, I never felt like it was far fetched in that realm, you know. Yeah, and uh, some of the other things I learned. So like the studio when this came out, the studio was really pushing for a PG thirteen rating, and Seth Rogen was like, "No, he's like, there's no way we're doing this PG thirteen." And that's just one of those things where studio, you know, we you hear it all the time with it, whether it's you know, the studio wanted to have this guy play this role or the studio wanted the movie to, you know, to be this way instead of, you know, kind of like uh, one of the classic examples is Die Hard. You know, when Die Hard came out, they initially wanted, like, a big brooding guy and, you know, intimidating looking guy. And they're like, no, that's not why this works. Well, they didn't even want Bruce Willis on the poster until yeah. the box office returns a week one. And then they're like, all right, we got to put him on the poster. You know? Yeah, but, you know, it's just one of those things where studios sometimes, and I understand it's their money. They're trying to, you know, do what they feel is in the best needs of their uh, bottom line. But you got to let the creative people that wrote it, if you trust them to enough to take on their script and their work, then you need to let them see it out, you know? I, I want to add that I just thought of this, and this is probably the, my my biggest compliment that I can give this movie, okay, other than being just absolutely hilarious and one of my favorite movies. Um, a lot of times, so like Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg wrote this from their own experiences, and you know, initially Seth Rogen wanted to play or uh, wanted to play um, <laughs> Seth. Sorry, uh, wanted to play Seth, but was too old. And there's that whole story about like you know Jonah Hill's actually older than Seth Rogen and still played him. But anyway. Long story short, a lot of times I've seen where writers will write it set in the time that they were in school. So, like, if they were to write it, they would have wrote it. It would have been, like, maybe, I don't know when they graduated high school, but I'm assuming it would have been, like, an 80s movie. Like, it would have been, it would have came out in 2007, but would have been, like, an early 90s, late 80s movie. I mean, I assume that's when they graduated high school, right? Uh, I don't have that in front of me, but, like, you get what I'm trying to say? Like, they would have... They would have overdone the nostalgia of like, hey man, this is set in the eighties. This is set in the nineties. Oh, I see. This is set in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what I'm saying is, they did a great job of like the outfits that these dudes are wearing almost look like something out of the seventies. Yeah, like some of the clothes that they're wearing, and I get that like he's wearing his dad's clothes or whatever. But I'm saying like it has this unique setting and this unique tone to the movie, which makes it a timeless movie. You see, uh, all these other movies we're going to talk about this month. So, as as much as I love some of them, that you know that they came from this part. You could watch Superbad today and think it was made today. Yeah, other than and that's my biggest compliment of that. Yeah, movie. I'd say other than like the cell phones, you know, being the way that the cell phones are. Other than that, like it could be any time period, really. You know, it could have been. But don't you? Yeah, it could have been a seven, you know, an eighties themed movie, and you wouldn't have known any different. You know, and I kind of. I really like what they do also with they they made every little you can tell that they took time in every little detail. So like the outfits. You know, like you said, 
Seth's wearing Evan, um, Evan's dad's clothes, right? But that is such an iconic look. Like, if you saw someone wearing that at a party, you would instantly know what that's from. You know, and if you had another dude wearing, uh, you know, what McLovin's wearing, you, you would instantly know that. And, and that's just yeah. that's just such good um, use of what you have. You know, whether it's, uh, it doesn't have to be some outlandish, crazy thing if it, for it to work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Like the the movie's timeless. Like I like I mean there was there was there for a while. I was watching it like once a week. I feel like I was watching it like all the time. And if I want, you know, I haven't watched it like recently, but I know so much about it that I can remember every scene. But I just know that like that's one of the strengths of like a great film is like it's a timeless movie. Like in in forty years. Like it, it'll still be timeless. Like it's that, it's that good. It doesn't, you know, a lot of times when movies are set, um, if they would have overdone, like when it was set or whatever, they kind of overdo, like I've seen a lot of movies overdo this thing where it's like, this is set in the eighties. So like, gotta have all eighties music. You gotta have all eighties out. Like they overdo it. It's like they go through a magazine and just like put that on film with this, the music's from like all different eras, like the, the characters talk, like, you know, they don't talk in a way where they're making references to stuff that happened that year. So that's like my biggest compliment of it. Like I said, is that it's a timeless comedy. I think it's going to stand the test of time. It's so good. And, you know, we haven't even gotten into that. That's how much gold there is in this movie. I haven't even gotten to like really how good Bill Hader, Seth Rogen, Christopher Mintz Ploss are, you know, they're in that. That's to me, that was like a, an entirely like that could have been a movie. And it would have been damn good. Yeah. And uh, another thing that I saw was um, Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah are actually on a podcast. And I don't know if they're like interviewing each other or what, but they're the only ones talking. And they're talking about like their world tour of like promoting the movie, you know? And they said that that's what they remember the most is like being so young and then going to. Italy and going to Spain and they said that Michael Sarah said that um, when he was in Spain he um, they ha- like they have to dub everything you know so they'll have these actors that'll come in and they'll dub the, the lines and stuff and he said that his guy was like I forget the dude's name but he was like this four foot tall guy and he he was like I've been I've been doing voiceover since uh, Elijah Wood and um some movie, like some movie that came out like way long ago, you know, and they were just talking about how in like certain areas they would, they wouldn't promote those guys. They would promote the voice actors because the voice actors were bigger names than them. So they would have like the, mm-hmm. the woman that does the voice for, um, for Jules, she was actually on the poster instead of like the cast. Oh, yeah. Wow. So it, it's just one of those things where it's, you know, when, when you hear about, stuff like that it just kind of makes you think like man what you know how how are some of these studios so low on on a movie and it's almost like they didn't watch it beforehand you know like you know sometimes they just rubber stamp these things and you know get them through but like you said man this movie is just it's as good today as it was the first time i watched it you know and i think that's very hard especially for comedies because a lot of times you know especially now with you know with certain things you can joke about certain things you can't 
you you really can't say you know i think you could release this movie today and it would be just as popular as it was you know in 2007 yeah and i mean i think that you know like i was alluding to earlier with the almost could have been a separate movie with the cops and mclovin and stuff like just decisions like that, you know, um, I'm wondering if they kind of knew that those names would take, like, cause I, like I said, super bad has nothing to do with the movie. It has nothing to do with, like, it doesn't like let you know, it's not on the nose, you know? And that's what I like. I think that's what, again, makes it kind of iconic is like, it's super bad. It's cl- It's just right. It's just a cool name for a movie. McLovin. That was just a cool name for like a fake ID and just little things like that became like, you know, this was right at the precipice of like social media, like really taking over and stuff. And so it was like kind of went viral in a way, like everybody was talking about McLovin. Everybody was talking about like certain, you know, that I think he probably became if if you show a if you wanted to like show people what Superbad was in a picture, you would just show that ID. Yeah, you would show that McLovin ID and that would be like the image from that movie. And, uh, well, and the guy, you know, uh, like the weird guy that hits uh, Seth with his car, he actually makes a, a reference about MySpace. You know, like, hey, do you guys have a MySpace? And that just shows you, like, it was just at that point, like, Facebook wasn't even on people's radar at that time. You know, like it was. But but it was a thing where MySpace was already in a weird way, even though it was kind of like it was still funny that a guy that age was like trying to yeah. get on MySpace. Yeah. Like that's what was kind of funny about that you know and that's why that kind of holds up too is because if you're watching it today you know what myspace is so it's still the comedy still hits because nobody's on myspace anymore at the time you were like why is this dude on myspace well, like, that, what is he doing yeah like, and at that time it was probably because i'm trying to think because facebook initially i remember when um i remember when facebook came out at our school, at our college, and everybody was freaking out. Like, everybody was like, oh, my God, we're getting Facebook. And I was like, what in the hell are y'all talking about? And they're like, man, it's this thing where you can go and, and you can add friends and you can do this. And I was like, like you know, like MySpace? I'm like, no, dude, it's not like MySpace, you know? like. But then at that, at that time, MySpace was the first one. And then I think that's what also makes it funny is by that time, I think MySpace had kind of phased out a little bit. And it made it to where, um, you know, it just made it just made the joke that much better. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, man, I, I'm glad that we started off our uh, our back to school um, show with this one because I, I do feel like now I'm not gonna say it's the it's probably our or at least in my case my favorite high school movie, but as far as like comedies, uh, I'm gonna be hard pressed to find one that I like more than this one. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think the the big, you know, kind of like the wrap up of like what what this movie means to me is like it it takes me back to high school, but then it also takes me back to when I watched it for the first time, and then I also find things I really appreciate about it now, even at you know thirty two years old, that. I really like how it deals with like, it's like a mixture of like raunchy comedy, buddy comedy. Um, It's got a little bit of everything. And that's what, that's what you were saying. Some of the bits are really outrageous, like the blood on the, on the jeans, like stuff like that. Like, you know, that's, you know, but there's also some smaller, just quick lines. that are really iconic. And I think that there's something for everybody. 
And so at this point, again, I mean, you know, we got to remember there's probably some people that probably still haven't seen it. Um, if people are like, man, what's a great back to school movie? I'm, I'm starting school next week. I'm, I'm starting high school next week or whatever, or like I'm graduating high school. This would definitely be one if they're looking for a funny, just great comedy. This would be one of the first ones you would think of, of like recommended to somebody. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine anyone that is old enough to be able to watch this not having seen it, but you know, in the comedy. But that's what I'm saying. When, when you get up in the high school age and like you're 15, 16 and you haven't seen it and you're like, man, this movie's in 2007. I mean, we got to remember, I mean, some of these kids are like looking at 2007, like it's ancient times, you know? And I think that this would be one of the first ones that like they would grab and they'd be like, dude, like they'd be quoting it at school the next day. Yeah. And a lot of those movies, that's what I'm talking about. It's a timeless movie. I think that like 10 years from now, it, same deal. Like it's going to keep discovering audiences and I think it's going to hold kind of stay in the test of time in, in this high school genre. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, Justin, thanks so much, man, for uh, joining me today. We're going to, we're going to keep doing these where we um, talk about certain movies. So what we're going to do is just each month we're going to be laying out what the theme of that month is. This month is going to be back to school. We're going to be talking about uh, back to school movies, um, which one's our favorite. We're not going to really go into like reviews, but we're just going to really kind of, dive deep into these movies because these are movies that we love that we have seen numerous times and just want to talk about them and we're also going to do some kind of uh, specialty type episodes for each month so um be on the lookout for that so uh justin thanks for joining me and guys uh thanks for taking the time to listen to the show and we'll see you next time